Yeah, watch this. Watch this shit. <laughs> no Limit Studio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I speak to P? P ain't you. <laughs> hey, yo, tell them Pastor Troy and them down South Georgia boys said, since everybody think they sold us, then what's up? We'll go to war. I'm keeping it real with Jerry Lawrence. Pastor Troy. Yay! Felt like it was only right we start the show off with some PT, man. Shout to Georgia. Shout to Pennsylvania. Shout to Arizona. Nevada, y'all don't get a shout out yet because y'all still counting. But I wanted to do something special, man. I wanted to break down this last election. But this last week has been so crazy that I felt like there was only one way that we could do this show right. And that was to have a phone call with my good friend Mark. So without further ado, let's call Mark. Hello? What up, what up, what up, Mark? What up, Jared? Welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you. A little post-production going on here, or pre-production. What's going on, man? It's been a long, long week, man. Long week. Yeah. Since Tuesday, been watching and you know just keeping track every day. I'm tracking these uh these these uh, ballots coming in from all these different uh, states. Pennsylvania being number one. Yeah, I wanted to Nevada. do this. Yeah, I wanted to do this show since like Wednesday or Thursday, but had to keep waiting for these results. And I was like, Is he gonna win today? Is he gonna win tomorrow? <laughs> And I didn't know, so I had to keep pushing it back. And here we are on Sunday, finally getting to record. Yeah, man. But you know what? In the end, it was uh, well. Wait, it was great. It worked out well. Mm-hmm. It, it was the outcome that we uh, well, the outcome I wanted. So I was, if we had to wait five more days, I'd be willing to wait five more days as long as yeah. Round it was of applause Biden. for Joe Biden. Yeah, and, and Kamala and Kamala. President, what are they calling her? The madam? Uh, madam, 
vice president. Where did the madam part come from? I'm, I'm a little confused on that part. I'm not sure either. <laughs> I've just seen it around. I think it's just meant to, you know, be respectful, I guess. I don't know. Okay. Shout out to Kamala. She is an AKA. Yeah. I know my mom is excited about that part. I'm still not I'm still not happy like I'm still not feeling this build back better slogan. I'm gonna let them rock with it, but I still think it's kind of corny. Yeah, no, nah, I don't I'm not feeling it. For me, I would write a, like something like undo Trump 2020. I don't know. But- you know, you know what's funny too? Like the whole campaign I never heard it. I never heard the build back better. No, nah, I, I I never heard it either. I don't think I don't think that was something that they were they were pushing until Maybe the last couple of days now. It wasn't like MAGA where like that was their slogan. That's what it was on everything. Like I heard when they first announced the Build Back Better, I had heard it and I never heard it again since the beginning. Yeah. No, I never. Um, I honestly, I never heard it until the last couple of days. Oh, I heard it when they first said it because my boy D'Angelo, who you've heard on this podcast before. I think yeah. D'Angelo might be a little upset, too. I feel like D'Angelo voted for Trump. He ain't going. He probably won't tell me, but I think he did. Shout oh, out to D'Angelo. Though. Shout out to D'Angelo. He's he's still he's still my friend, man. <laughs> I was trying to give him a good yeah. uh, give, give him the Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, I think a lot of people are upset right now. Like, how's it looking in your neighborhood? Like, were there a lot of Trump uh, signs, flags up there? Funny thing is, when when this year first started, all I saw was Trump, Trump everywhere. If that, there was no Biden Harris signs, there was nothing. I just saw Trump, Pence, Trump, Pence. Yeah. And within the last month, believe it or not, Biden Harris took over. Where you live at? They, they took over. Sorry, say that again. I was saying they they took over where you live at, or are you saying just in yeah, general? Yeah. No, where no where I live at, where I live at, because before where I live at six months ago, it was nothing but Trump signs. Within the last two months, Biden Harris has taken over. It's way more biden harris now there's even this one house which is was really strange right they have a big trump flag track flag outside their house and they have one of the trump pence signs um in their yard and it's been like that for months and then just within like the last week now there's a biden harris sign right next to the trump sign so i don't know if that's a house of i don't know if that became a house divided or but it's gotta be really late it's (laughs) gotta be divided Probably the wife is Biden, but it took a while for that Biden sign to show up, though. But that Trump was there for a while, but all of a sudden now there's a Biden sign. And at first, I thought somebody was playing a playing games, you know, like somebody was being funny and stuck it there. But it's been there for weeks now, so it's probably just a house divided. Yeah, probably. Like my neighborhood is like nothing but Trump flags, but they're slowly coming down. I didn't really see any today. I think they everybody took them down. They're like embarrassed or ashamed or. Sad or yeah, a little bit of everything? Yeah, over my girl's mom's house, there was this one house that was had a huge Trump flag flying outside their house. And we went by there yesterday, and it was gone. Yeah, people are not taking this, this loss very well. Like, the Trump people, yeah. like, we see it on Facebook. They've been, they've been in hiding. I haven't seen nobody I mean, out here trying to fight it. Like, no, I mean... I saw, you know, I'm, you know, watching the coverage. I've seen the Trump people. They started to go downtown in in uh, Philadelphia, um, and that's, they were, I think, they were surrounding the the places where they were counting the ballots. That's not also smart. in Arizona. <laughs> Philly's oh, not yeah. smart. But it wasn't because they were there. They were there 
from what I from what CNN was saying, they were there from like Wednesday. Trump people telling him, you know, stop the count, stop the count. And they were there yesterday, but now they were overwhelmed by Biden supporters because yeah. you know they won now, and now they're just surrounded by a sea of um, Biden supporters. So yeah, at least we didn't. Hopefully, we didn't... hopefully it stays calm. Hopefully everything stays calm down there. So. Yeah, we didn't have a civil war like everybody was worried about. At least you know things are pretty yeah. chill for the most part. Well, well, what I'll say about that, I think it's still early for. Not that we, I don't ever think we're going to have a civil war, but I think it's still early in the sense that some Trump people still believe that they're they're going to win in the, the court of law. I mean, I've seen some posts in social media where his, his supporters have said it's not over yet. It is over. It's over. I mean, but it's over, man. They, they, they are, they're holding on because Trump is telling them it's not over. And, you know, to them, Trump is gospel. So. But what state are they yeah. gonna get? Like, what did what state do they think they're gonna win? That's gonna put them back because, like, they can get Nevada at this point. They can have Arizona. Like, what do they think is gonna get them back in this? From what I, I I'm not sure. I mean, may, they can have Georgia too, but now I don't know if we can give them Georgia too. <laughs> That's three. Well, no, we we've won without Georgia already. We well, don't need Georgia. We the two fifty three was have... before, but that was counting Arizona, wasn't it? No, it wasn't. He was at 253 without Arizona and Nevada? That's correct. Are you sure, Mark? I, that doesn't sound right. Yes. No, no. because if you go to – okay, so everybody – here's because I, I was watching all the channels. He yeah. was at 253. Everybody was at 253. CNN, MSNBC, The New York Times, all of them, without Arizona and without Nevada. How many points is Arizona? For, but hey, hold on. Except for Fox News. Fox News, since – since when? Since um, Tuesday night, Fox News has had Biden at two hundred and sixty-four. Okay, right? that's because what I was they, saying. Because they had already given Arizona to Biden when none of the other media outlets had. So, so Arizona must two, be worth eleven. Yes, exactly. They're worth eleven. So two fifty-three is without Nevada and without Arizona and without Georgia. Pennsylvania puts and when without Georgia as well. Pennsylvania puts him at 273. So he really doesn't need those other three states. So, you know, if getting, getting Nevada and getting Arizona and getting Georgia is just icing on the top, on on the top for him. So yeah, my math was off there then. Okay. I was wrong. Yeah. Yeah. It was funny because I don't know what Fox news, they, they, they gave him Arizona really early and he may not, and Biden might actually not get Arizona in the end, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know what his what the beef is going on between Trump and Fox News, but it's like they did a complete heel turn on this man. Like they don't rock <laughs> well, with him no more. Well, well, because I don't know if you know, in the like within like the last three or four months, he's he's come at Fox News. Um, he's attacked them because they had their own um, election polls going on, and in all their election polls, they had Biden up. Trump was tweeting about that saying that they've turned, they've become fake news as well. They also had Democratic uh, primary runners like Pete Budovich was on Fox News. Yeah. And uh, so he was, Trump was getting upset that they were, I guess, trying to be as balanced as Fox News can be. He didn't like that. So he had said some negative stuff about them. So I don't know if they took that to heart. But Yeah, it's like kind of like one of those movies where the villain 
everybody turns on him at the end, and then that last friend that he thinks he has is turned on him too, and he's just like, I thought you loved me. I don't care. I follow but you. But don't get it twisted. It's not everybody on Fox News, because I turned on Sean Hannity. No, Hannity, yeah, his, yeah. Uh, I wanted to see where his energy was at, and he was still right there with Trump, okay? He, well, was, he was pushing hard the voter fraud stuff. Hannity and, friend, and Trump are like friends, so I'm not surprised by that. Yeah, I, but, it, I mean, you're still... You, even if you're friends, you're on a news outlet. You have to have some kind of professionalism, and he just—I don't know if you watched Hannity before, but he no does not have professionalism <laughs> when it comes to Trump. That's his boy, man. Yeah. He rides with Trump hard. Uh, uh, now, I know. I don't. You know, I don't really watch Hannity, but I, I wanted to see. I wanted to see what the other side was going to be saying about the Biden win, so I had to tune in just to. To see where their their energy was at. No, nah, I used to listen to his radio show when uh, WDBO had signal all the way out here in Titusville, which now they don't because it's turned into a a Latin radio station. But yeah, I used to listen, and yeah, he's pretty much diehard Trump. Now the one I, I'm interested in, like what Tucker Carlson had to say, what uh, Candace Owens had to say, Dana. Yeah, Lash. We probably won't hear that until we won't hear that until tomorrow. I'm guessing. Yeah, I want to hear all these other Fox News people, what they had to say about it. But, uh, yeah, I didn't expect Hannity to uh, do any different. Did you hear the thing about their the the press conference, the Giuliani press conference they had? Yes, I saw, about, I saw some of it. They, they, I, I, from the story I heard, they tried to book the Four Seasons, but they booked the wrong thing and ended up at, like, it was like some Four Seasons garage. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I heard about that. So I didn't know what it was because I was watching Saturday Night Live last night, and they were they must have been quick on that story because they had that they had it up like making fun of it already, and I didn't get yeah, the I joke mean, I, until today. Yeah, I saw it on a. It was a little blurb on it on CNN. They got their little dig in for like thirty seconds, so I did hear about it there. So that was that was pretty funny. I mean, oh, I saw a picture of it. Like they're legit outside of like a garage, doing the press yeah. conference. Yo, Giuliani and and his team. They the the, I don't know where Giuliani is, and he he is he's a lost soul, man. Yeah, I heard he got trolled in Borat. I didn't see it, but apparently they got him looking crazy in Borat too. Oh uh, yeah, they got they they got him looking. They got him with in Borat. I saw the pictures and I read the the bylines of what happened, and it wasn't good. It was him and an. I'll just say it was him and an under what was. A girl pretending to be 15 years old. Oh, my gosh. And, yeah, it wasn't a good look. Oh, my gosh. So it was like some Chris <laughs> Hansen stuff over here. Basically, yeah. What is your, like, what are your, your feeling after this whole election process? Like, do you feel like the energy of the country has changed? Do you think it's a little more upbeat, a little more positive, a little more hope? Like, because for me, I'm getting, like, not from Biden, but just the whole thing. I'm getting like Obama type 08 vibes where it's just the celebrating I'm seeing and everybody in, in a great mood and just the, the hope that everybody seems to have all of a sudden. For me, it's, it's bringing me back to like 2008. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm seeing that too. I've seen a lot of, you know, I'm seeing the celebration. A lot of people that I'm on my social media are, are super happy. I've seen the people going live and, popping bottles and and all that stuff but i think we also got to be careful that sometimes we are um in our own bubble because trump got 70 million people to vote for him so there's got to be 70 million people that aren't too happy right now so but i i don't follow the conservative 
side of the things to see where they're upset at, right? So, and a lot of my friends that are are um, Trump supporters are just quiet right now. So, you know, they're not they're not posting too much. Um, and I don't know where their head is actually at. Are they in the wait and see? Like maybe we can win this in a litigation mode, or are they just like disgusted and they're just staying away from everything because they don't want to see all the the Biden celebration? Uh, I think some of them are. Cause I have some friends who are like Trump people too. And I, I think some of them voted for him probably off of the policies and their beliefs, but I don't think they were diehard Trump where they're like really pissed about the outcome where they're going to be out here protesting. I think some of them are yeah. just like, it is what it is. And they're just falling back right now. Now there are a lot who are really mad, but I, I would say, I would say that some of them were what I would call casual Trump voters. Just like there's some casual Biden voters, people who don't really care much for Biden, but hate Trump or not hate, but strongly dislike Trump and are going to vote against whatever he is. So they voted Biden, but they're not like super Biden people. Um, oh, yeah, I, I, I believe that. I don't I believe a lot of people. Not a, I shouldn't say a lot. There's a there's a, a percentage of people who didn't vote for Biden. They voted against Trump. So. Yeah, and I feel like I voted more for Kamala than Biden, honestly. Like, I, I've always been a fan of hers. Um, I know people critique her record. I think she's gotten better since she's gotten in the Senate. Uh, um, and even as a prosecutor, some of the stuff people were mad about, I, I don't know. I didn't really agree with it all just because I've seen two different sides of it, especially, like, the marijuana laws. People are like, oh, she locked up a lot of people. But then some people are like, oh, well, it wasn't like they make it seem. And then she did a lot of other things like the rehabilitation for like uh, sex trafficking victims and helping them get back instead of charging them when they're caught with like drugs and stuff. So I think there's some positives with her before she got in Senate. I think even after she got in Senate, she got a lot more uh, progressive and probably a little more understanding of the stuff. And then the fact that she's a former prosecutor lets me know that she knows what's wrong with the system and probably can be the one to help fix it. So I just like the experience she brings in there and she's a great, a great talker, which Biden is going to need. <laughs> well, Biden, he spoke pretty well last night. I, yeah, I but every, that. I get nervous every time he talks. Cause I'm just like, he's going to say something <laughs> crazy. He's going to mess up. And then he looks like he, sometimes <laughs> it looks like he doesn't know what else to say. And he's like, yeah, struggling to like, Find the next word. I don't know. I get real nervous when I watch him. But I think Kamala, even for the for the young girls out there, kind of like how the black boys saw Barack and was like, you know what? We can aspire to be something. Seeing Kamala, I've, I've seen a lot of women posting about their daughters and how big it is for their daughters to see a, a, a woman vice president and a black woman at that, but just a woman in general as in that higher uh, leadership role. And, I mean, you have a daughter too, so I don't know. Has it had no, an effect it, yeah. on you guys? I mean, she's very young, but yeah, she's gonna she's gonna grow up knowing that the White House is a possibility, you know, because she can see somebody that looks like her there. So, which wasn't possible, <laughs> yeah. you know, before November third. But no, that's 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 it's it's all it's all positive, which kind of takes the for me. I don't know if you've heard, but the the Republican Party have been pushing this thing that they're the party of inclusivity recently. Inclusivity. There it, yeah, like they are the ones that are diverse, with uh, diverse thoughts and, and all this stuff, you know. Yeah. 
they've been pushing that. But it's been the Democratic Party that's that's gotten a the first black president. They've gotten the first female and uh, minority female vice president. Um, it was the Democratic Party who got the first um, female speaker to House and Nancy Pelosi. So I don't know how they think they are the <laughs> the party of diversity all of a sudden, but. I feel like Pelosi's been there for a while. So how long does she get to keep that job? Uh, as long as they keep voting her in, I heard. I heard it. I heard it. Uh, she uh, may not see it for long. Um, that there's a there's a there's a pretty much a big movement in the uh, in the Democratic Party to maybe uh, go in a different direction instead of her. So I don't know. I love Nancy Pelosi. I just love how she's she attacks like she was attacking Trump back when he was president, <laughs> and she was just didn't back down. I remember that one time. He did something to piss her off, and then she was like, "Well, you can't give your state of the union in here." <laughs> and then he had to go somewhere else and do it. Yeah. I love that. I think, I think I think what they're trying to do with the Biden is kind of you know unite. You know they've been pushing that unite the uh, unite America, and Pelosi can sometimes be very polarizing for the mm. other side. Yeah, you she, know she, she has she looked wild with the dashiki. I admit exactly. So <laughs> I think you know I think the Biden Harris they want to. You know, they're not going to be able to get they're not going to be able to reach across the, the fence for everybody, but they're going to try to be more inclusive than the previous administration was. Right. So that may mean changing some of the leadership on the Democratic side too. to be like, hey, we need to we need to mend fences here. We've been divisive for four years. We, you know, so let's, What's the uh, let's a little better. what's the direction you think this party's headed in? Because I was reading something last night where uh AOC was talking about she might quit because she feels like she's not being accepted by the progressives. And do you think the left is like the super left is kind of losing their touch? Cause apparently they were like blaming AOC for the reason they lost so many of the, the Senate seats in this election. Yeah. I, yeah, I heard, I heard her, I read her comments uh, yesterday. I mean, I, I don't think she's going to quit. I think that's maybe just, yeah, know, she was probably speaking out of emotion, but just the fact that emotion, it does kind of paint a picture that maybe the far left is not really as strong in the Democratic Party as we thought. Maybe their ideals are are kind of hurting the party, maybe? I don't think so, because I've also read that Biden and Harris has to be thankful to the, the far left and the progressive, because a lot more of them came out and voted for Biden-Harris ticket than they did for Hillary. Remember the Biden support, um, not Biden, the um, Hillary. Bernie support in oh, yeah. 2016. Ruined it. They didn't go out for it. They didn't go out for Hillary. And a lot of them didn't go out for Hillary because, you know, they, and, you know, I was a Bernie guy. We felt, we felt slighted. We felt that they stole the, the Democratic um, primary from him. Yeah, but this, they said it this year that it got stolen too. And I, don't, I just think, I just think Bernie's not strong enough in the Southern so, states. Well, that's for a different argument. But <laughs> this year, the, this year, they, um, they came out in a larger group in support of Biden. And I think, yeah, that has a lot more to do with they were trying to get rid of Trump more than they were supporting Biden. And probably because he had a woman vice president, too. Well, no, but Hillary was a woman and they hated her. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But going forward, you're going to need that far left progressive vote. You saw that because without them, I don't think Biden-Harris win this ticket if they would have stayed home like they did in 2016. So they're, they're not, they're not the majority. No, they're a small group, but it's, it's, you saw how close the election was, right? Mm -hmm. So you're going to need that small group to continue to 
keep um, your progress going. So you can't sleep on AOC and the Bernie people because if you, you don't want a repeat of 2016, if you just if you just push them off like they don't matter. I think they matter. I'm just wondering what the direct like are we as I'm thinking we're not as far left as we thought, just based on the way some of these local elections went, some of these seats. No, went. yeah, yeah. I never thought we were. I never thought the Democratic Party was as far left. They're not far left. They're moderate left, um, and, and I think that does show out in the the Senate races and some of the House races because the Democrats did lose some House seats um, this go around. They still but control no, the I House, think, though, right? Yes, they still control the House, but they lost. They lost, They did lose seats. And what about but, the Senate? They don't control that, right? Is that still Republican? It's still Republican. However, there is two um, runoff um, elections in Georgia that has to take place in January. And if the Democrats can pick those two up, it'll actually be tied Senate. Hmm. And you know what happens if there's a tie in the Senate? What? Nancy the Pelosi tie, gets tie, to decide? No, the tiebreaker <laughs> The tiebreaker goes to the vice president. Oh, I didn't know that. So, so the House is already controlled right now by the Democrats. And if we have a tie in the Senate, then they actually have the majority because the tie vote goes to the vice president, which would be Ms. Harris. So those two, those two runoff elections that happening in Georgia in January are very important to the Democrats. You're going to see Stacey um, Abrams out there pushing hard to try to get, you know, keep that same voting energy that they did in Georgia to back those, uh, those Democratic uh, nominees in those two seats. Yeah, shout out to Stacey Abrams too. Let me give her, let me give her her props because I feel like without the work she's done, Georgia does not vote blue. At all. Like, ever since she lost the governor race mm-hmm. uh, back in 2018, well, got it stolen from her, in my opinion, she has been on a fight, literally. Yeah. Uh, she's been running the Fair Fight campaign just to give voters access to, you know, the equal rights, voting rights, and trying to get rid of voter suppression in a lot of these areas. And she registered over a million voters. And, man, just the work she's done cannot be overstated. But do you understand how important those two runoff Senate seats in Georgia are going to be in January? Think about it. Yeah. If they, if the Republic, if the Democrats get those two seats, they will have the House, the White House, and the Senate, and they won't have to hear from Mitch McConnell because he will not be the majority <laughs> leader in the Senate. Yeah. He will be pushed to the back. That's how important it is. Mitch will lose his power in the Senate if the Democrats get those. So is it definitely going to be a runoff they- though? Yes, there's definitely going to run up the um, the two the two seats. They were up for election during this. Um, they were up for on the ballots, but neither party got enough of a percentage of the um, of the vote for for there to be a winner. So that's why they have to have a runoff in January. Oh, okay. So wow. you're going to see Stacey Abrams out there on the trail pushing hard because it's it's really big. It's those two are going to really determine how much um, power uh, Biden and Harris are going to have to to really make things happen. Because if if Mitch McConnell is still the Senate leader and the, the Republicans are still there, it's going to be hard. Yeah, we need Georgia to come out again in oh, record numbers. Definitely, definitely, they will. They will definitely. They will definitely need that. And you know, the Republicans are are going to be fighting really hard to keep those two seats in Georgia. So. 
we got to keep that same energy in. I don't know. I'm wondering if with the Trump loss, does it just take the air out of the room for them and they don't show up like we think they will anymore? I, I think their voting numbers are going to drop. You know, I, and I thought about this, too, yesterday, because Trump it was probably the most, da- most dangerous thing to happen to our democracy in the last 30 years. Oh, absolutely. Because for, for, for democracy to work, people have to have faith in the election. And all he's done is make 70 million people not have faith really in it, right? Because his base are going to say this was fraud, that the Democrats stole the election, that there was all kinds of shenanigans being done in the background. And if, if, if a democracy, if the people don't have faith in democracy, you end, you end up in, with a system where we're going to have more protests in the streets. So he was very dangerous for democracy. But I also think about it this way. Those diehard Trump supporters, maybe now they think the system is rigged against them and they don't see the point in voting and maybe they don't come out because they're like, what's the point? (laughs) So we'll see what happens with that because I also wonder what's going to happen with those really diehard Trump supporters, the ones who are Trump supporters and not Republicans, right? What happens to them? Where, Where do they go now without a Trump presidency? Do they still support the Republican Party as much as they were doing right now? Or do they do they just fall back and and they go back to their regular lives where they don't really care about politics? I think the Republican you know, Party is in trouble going forward. I don't think they will ever have a candidate like Trump again. Like you don't get that type of personality every yeah. very often. That's like a once in a blue moon type of thing. Somebody like that that yeah. could galvanize that whole party. I don't I don't see it ever happening again for them. Like the next presidential election, like I don't see a candidate they can bring out that's going to have that type of impact. I always, I always think about what I think about with that is like, I wonder what would happen if Trump Jr. decided to run. He's not Trump though, man. That's the thing. It's like, I, I know he's not Trump, but he's got that name and his father would probably come out and support. Well, not probably will come out in support of him. And he might be able to galvanize his, um, his base to support his, his son. To me, that's like when Michael Jordan's kids were playing basketball. I'm like, well, what if they're what if they're as good as Mike? <laughs> they're not Mike. I, but it, I mean, but look look what happened with Bush, you know, and then his son. Jeb was not George. Oh, you're talking about George Junior. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, he yeah. was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was pretty good. But Jeb, yeah, the rest yeah, of them. Know, but yeah. Well, Jed Jed lost the energy because Bush. Um, you know, people really really soured on Bush in his last like two or three years of presidency. Trump made Jeb look silly too. Yes. So, you know, I don't think Trump supporters are soured on Trump, right? Not like how they got soured on Bush. That didn't help Jeb back in 2008 or 12. That didn't, that didn't help him, but Trump supporters are still really behind Trump. So in four years, if Trump comes out and says, vote for my son, they might come out and do it. It's a long shot. I'm just, I'm just hypothetically speaking that, I could see a scenario where they 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 rise up again for his son. Yeah. You know, the funny thing is, too, about speaking on Trump, like I said this election night, I was telling this to some people. I was like, I honestly don't think he wants to win. Like, I think he's kind of tired of the whole president thing. Trump, I just have a feeling that he's probably more relieved that it's over. I know he's trying to put up a fight, but I don't think he wanted to run. I don't think he wanted four more years in the White House. I honestly think he was like mentally over it all. 
I don't know. I think because without the presidency, a lot of his immunity is gone. And there's a lot of lawsuits and a lot of um, possible criminal charges that are I keep hearing that. Pen- yeah, I keep- pending again, in, in New York. And when he's the president, he does have some immunity against some of that stuff. Um, so we'll see what happens. He may have wanted to stay in the White House for four years just so he doesn't have to be bothered with all this criminal activity that's going to come his way after he's out of the White House. Yeah, everybody keeps saying he's going to jail. I, I don't know. I don't think he. I don't think he's going to jail. I just think people are there. Are there like New York? They're still New York is still going after him. You know, they keep requesting for the the Supreme Court to let them see his tax returns, which they they said they could. So they're New York is is currently having a criminal investigation against Trump. But as the president, you have some immunity against some of that stuff. So we'll see what yeah. happens. He's got to show them tax returns now. Um, but yeah, yeah, just going forward, we both agree that the country is head, headed in a, a better direction, a little more positive. Yeah. Policy-wise, do you expect much to change under Biden? Do you think a lot of these promises will come true? Do you think he's going to do anything for the black community like he claims? Like, do we, oh. do we need to have expectations yet, or is it still too early? Do we need to like, give him some time to figure it all out? Or I was saying this yesterday. We got him in the White House, and now it's time to hold him, hold his feet to the fire, right? Because mm-hmm. he's still he still got like eighty five percent of the black vote. He's still got like ninety something ninety two percent of the black female vote out there. So we helped him strongly get into the White House. He needs to come through like the Democratic Party has never come through for minorities in this country. He needs to come up with a plan. And if he doesn't come up with that plan, we need to hold them to the fires. We need to keep him accountable for the next four years. Now, if you ask me if we're going to see much change, my answer to that is no. You know, I was a Bernie guy. And the reason I say no is that Biden's been a politician for almost 50 years. And he was vice president for eight years. And we really never saw anything come about for the black community or minority communities or anything like that. There's been a lot of promises always made during the campaign trail and then nothing really comes of it. So I don't have a lot of hope that he will. When I, why I voted for Biden was to heal America's soul because we were, we were so broken. We were, we, people were, America was really on the brink of just hating each other. And I think four more years of Trump, would have been completely terrible for America's soul and for our culture. And I think Biden will repair that. I think that's where his, his strength will be is to help repair the damage to that happened the last four years. But policy wise, I'm not so sure about it. I hope he will come through with um, some of his promises, but yet again, what were his promises? There was a lot of vague and generalization, but not anything really in concrete that I ever saw. Well, he claims he's going to meet with Ice Cube after the election. <laughs> he said that he was waiting until after when they tried to give the when Cube tried to give him the the plan for black people, and he didn't yeah. want to meet before the election. And then Trump did meet with him. So I hope he does take Ice Cube up, or I hope Ice Cube takes him up on that offer and still meets with him and and delivers oh. his his uh his plan for black America to Biden. I'm sure, I'm sure he, I'm sure cube will be willing to meet with him. I don't see why he wouldn't, you know, 
I think Cube doesn't care who's in the White House as long as it benefits the people that he's trying to look out for. That's why he met with Trump, even though he knew that Trump wasn't popular. Yeah, I wasn't. That, yeah, I wasn't mad at. I would. Yeah, he's trying to do something for. He had the cause, and he was trying to fight for that cause. I don't think Cube cares who's in the White House as long as they do what they said they're going to do. But we'll see. Because like again, I don't see the blueprint for any real agenda that Biden put out. Have you seen one for anything for healthcare, for no. immigration? No, there's not been an actual thing. There's been there's just been very generalized statements. Well, like the lift every voice, but I didn't read that thoroughly. But I know he put out the lift every voice um, thing actor. Yeah, I saw it and I saw a lot of it. it again, it was it was a lot of talking points without any real any real point of here's here's the defined things that I'm going to attack to make things better. Yeah. The only thing that I know that he's going to do for sure is put America back in the um, the Paris Accord, the uh, the climate thing. That's the only thing I what know. Is, what is that? Well, under Obama, back in 2015, there was a, an international climate bill that a lot of countries had signed up to make promises like to cut certain amount of emissions, to get away from oil, get away from coal, try to work on preserving the environment. Well, when Trump came into office, the first thing he did was pull America out of that accord and saying, we are not going to abide by this kind of stuff. We, you know, you know how he, you know how the Trump is like, they don't really buy into the whole climate change as it is. Yeah. So he, he pulled America out of it, out of that international accord that a lot of countries were on board with, such as China and England, France, you know, most of the major international communities were part of it, but you know, America plays a huge role in international stuff. And a lot of people felt when America pulled out that the other countries wouldn't take it seriously. Well, Joe said that he would be entering America back into that promise. Oh, okay. Um, I want to talk to you about these these amendments that uh, passed and didn't pass too. I'm getting your opinion on some of these. Um, amendment the one. Ones or, the, or, or, the, or the Nebraska one about slavery. Oh, Nebraska's out of control. I mean, it passed <laughs> or did it, it didn't pass. No, it passed where they can't call it slavery but the fact that 30 what 31 percent or whatever voted for it was a very yeah. concerning where it has the word slavery in it and you still vote uh to keep yeah. it uh yeah i didn't yeah it was like it was like two hundred and seventy eight thousand people were like yeah nebraska i don't know what y'all on over there uh y'all <laughs> y'all y'all ain't been the same since the corn huskers started sucking in football and they still <laughs> suck and that's probably why everybody's mad over there and you know, nobody's thinking straight <laughs> So Nebraska, get it together. But in Florida, we had six amendments on the ballot. Mm -hmm. The first one, citizenship required to vote in Florida elections. To me, that was pretty much cut and dry. Like, I voted yes. I Yeah, I voted looked. yes on that, too. I'm not a big border guy when it comes to all this fighting about the border. I think, I don't know. I, I don't feel right about saying who can come in and can't come into this country. But I Same. do think you need to be a citizen to vote. I'll say that. As far as living I mean, here, that's different. It's in the Constitution, you know, so. Yeah. yeah. So that part, yeah, we both agreed on that. Uh, yeah. The minimum wage one, this was the one that caused a lot of debate. It passed with a 61% uh, vote of yes to raise the minimum wage to $15 an hour by 2027. Yep, or 2026, yes. I'm sorry. 2026, it'll, it'll yeah. go up to 10 next year. Yeah, I voted in favor of it, so I was happy to see it pass. I, I understand the concerns of raising the minimum wage because a lot of 
um, small businesses, that's going to impact them. But I don't think, I think the way that Florida is probably doing it is probably smart. It isn't just changing it to $15 tomorrow. Yeah, it's going up so gradually. Very gradually. Very gradually. Not even $10 um, till next year. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, it's a little slower than I would have wanted it to be, but I get it. But, you know, a lot of small businesses would be impacted by it because, you know, if you have two or three employees in your, in your little mom and pop store and you're paying them eight seventy five, and now you got to pay them $15, that's like an extra employee you just hired that you didn't really need, you know, or you couldn't afford to have. So I understand that. But in the bigger picture, for the overall um, economy, you know, inflation is, is crazy. Rent in Florida is insane, right? Um, the cost of living in Florida has gone up yeah. tremendously. And I, and, you know, unfortunately that means the cost of living needs, you know, a cost of living means that we needed an increase in the minimum wage, you know, not, you know, people can survive off $8 and 75 cents, you know, so something had to be done. And I think this was the way forward. It was progress, you know, so. Shout out to John Morgan too, who got this on the ballot. I was watching yeah. an interview with him. He said, look, I tried to work this out. With the people in Tallahassee, nobody wanted to talk to me. So, you know, I, this was the only way I figured I could get it done. So, yeah, that was, to him, he's, he's gotten he us was, medical marijuana. He's gotten us minimum yeah. wage. And he did one more. He did. He's done a few things in Florida, man. Where Yeah, I know he was big on that uh, medical marijuana. He kept talking. I think it was his brother who suffered from uh, an illness and he needed that medical marijuana. And that was part of his big motivation to to get that and that and now the the minimal wage he's, he's really turned out to be the champion of the people recently. yeah he is for the people like he says but uh like i said too before like with this whole minimum wage thing the world is changing man like a lot of these businesses are already not surviving we're gonna get some new businesses coming in why not start on the right foot why not get these businesses started where they know hey this is how you got to do things from the beginning instead of trying to change yeah. people midway through so i love yeah, it no i agree i think it's going to help businesses adapt or adjust by going slower. You have six years to figure it out. I don't want to hear any complaining in 2026 because you've had six years exactly. to, to figure out how to do things. Um, I'm exactly. interested to see if like rent and all that stuff goes up too with this. Uh, I know, you know, the price of food and stuff might go up, but I'm interested to see if like the actual rent and you know, I've seen, I've, seen, I've seen some studies where $15 is already, the um the minimum wage in certain cities. Yeah, Seattle um, is like the big one for me. That's the one I follow. It's a big one. And, you know, I've seen it and they didn't really see a huge impact in one, the cost of food going up. Okay. And or rent going up. They haven't seen that yet. You know, because you know, the cost of rent isn't gonna really depend on how much people are making. It's gonna depend on how many people are looking for a place to live, right? So it's gonna be about competition. You know, Florida we have so many people moving here and our population keeps growing like 10, 20% year over year that the demand for a place to live is crazy. That's what's driving us rent. There's just so many people moving here that you see, you, you live here. If you come to Orlando, you see there's development of apartment complexes. I hate driving to Orlando and <laughs> I do it every day. Yeah. yeah. They're not building these apartment complexes for no reason. They oh my God. freaking colonial in lake Pickett, that freaking apartment they just put up i'm just like what is the why is this here ucf is taking over there's a demand 
there's a demand for it. And when there's a demand for it, they know they can charge whatever they want. So it's not necessarily how much the minimum wage is that's going to drive it up. It's going to be the demand. If people need a place to live, they know they can charge more. It's when there's no demand, they'll drop their, they start to lower their prices because they're trying to drive people in. So I also think with people making more that they'll be out spending more. Like I, I know everybody's worried about yeah. businesses, but I feel like more money is going to be coming into these businesses too. Nobody thinks about that part. Yeah, I, I, I agree. You know, especially like the younger generation, they're going to spend, if they're going to, you know, not to not think they got a job at McDonald's getting $15 an hour, you know, that's a lot more money they can go ahead and boost into the economy. And I feel like you're going to get better quality work. Like the workers are going to be more, engaged or they're going to work better like they're going to care more about their jobs you know instead you know of these what, kids who you know don't what it care. also does what it also does it's going to make other companies have to pay more right because you know why would i go work at this place for 16 dollars an hour you know when i could go just work at mcdonald's for 15 they're the comp it's going to make competition more where other companies are going to have to say well we can't we can't pay the same as somebody working at mcdonald's right so <laughs> otherwise no one's going to come work here so it's going to cause um the actual wages around the board to go up so and that's going to be good too they could they probably won't need as many workers because you'll be able instead of that one person who works 15 hours a week mm-hmm. you can probably just pay them to work 30 Instead of paying two people, I don't know how like it's the money. Why I know it's the same money, but I wonder if if there's different things you save on having one employee yeah. as opposed to two. So I'm I'm yeah. wondering if more people's hours go up and maybe healthcare. I don't know. Maybe healthcare can be involved in that. I know a lot of these places don't want to let you work full time because they don't want to pay for healthcare. But uh, maybe we can get that worked in too before time is up, where people have actual yeah. jobs that they get the full benefits from. So I'm just, you know, I'm interested to see moving forward, how this affects everything. I'm always into like economics and stuff, and I'm just always paying attention to what goes on in these cities. So it'd be fun to watch that over the next few years. Uh, Amendment three, this is where it starts getting a little controversial. This to me, this one and uh, four. So this one said all voters vote in primary elections for state legislator Governor oh, and cabinet. I voted no. Yeah, I voted no on that one. All right. I voted. Oh, before I move forward, too. All of these amendments were required to get 60% of the vote to pass, too. Because I didn't realize that in the <laughs> first beginning. I saw the minimum wage one was at like 61. And I'm looking, I'm like, why haven't they called this yet? I'm about yeah, to go post on get... Facebook and I go post. And then later on, I'm like, oh, it was supposed to be 60. I'm like, they barely got that. So, <laughs> yeah. Now that yeah, so then this one, Amendment Three, you said you voted no. I initially voted yes, and then when I read it a little bit more and the pros and cons, I said, you know, I don't think I like this one. I don't that's want the one that I'm thinking of. That's the one where you can have two people the, from the same yeah, party. Yeah, yep. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want that. To me, I was like, this might eliminate some minority candidates, and I was like, you know what, I don't like that. I don't. Yeah, I feel like we could end up with two Republicans running against each other, two Democrats. Like it was just too risky. So I changed my vote. It's always going to be it's going to be two Republicans running yeah. against each other all the time. So and, that, I was like, nah. And it's like everybody gets to vote in the same thing. So it's like you have, and I know you're an independent. You always say, oh, I don't get to vote in the primary. So this would have benefited you, but you said you still went yeah. no. Yeah, I still went no because I had to weigh the the advantages over that. You know, outside of the the election time, I usually am independent. You know, and then presidential time, of course, 
so I can vote in the primaries, I, I usually change it. But for that, I couldn't see myself having one party representing the total. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't look, I'm not a fan of the whole party thing. But this doesn't take away the party. Like, you're still having Republicans and Democrats. It's just everybody gets to yeah. vote. And you can end up yeah. with two of the same party. And that's the part I didn't like. Yeah. Yeah, that's the part I don't like. Is I understand that they're party. I just don't want it to be Republican versus Republican or Democrat versus Democrat. There's really no choice then because, you know, the policies yeah. are going to be. And that one didn't yeah. pass. So I'm happy about that. At first, I thought it did. Um, but then that's when I was like, I realized, oh, you need 60% because <laughs> I think they only had like 57%. <laughs> So that one did not pass, luckily. Um, and the funny thing about that, like, when I was doing my research on that one, it was some guy who, some like millionaire, maybe billionaire in like South Florida who went to go vote one time and he was registered as an independent and they said he couldn't vote. And he got really pissed and he started the movement to get that on the ballot. I was like, oh. Oh, wow. it's ridiculous. I, I was watching YouTube <laughs> and Magic Johnson had a commercial saying vote yes on Amendment 3. Oh, like man. they were putting the billionaire people were putting the money into that one. I'm glad it did yeah. not pass, but yeah, they had magic endorsing it. Yeah. I'm like, oh no. Yeah. And, and the crazy thing is, I put yes on my mail in ballot, and then yeah. I I just had to change a heart and I said, yo, I can't I can't go with this. It was this one yeah. and four, and both of them I I didn't like my answers, so I actually went and voted in person because I was like, oh, yo, man. I don't like the <laughs> answers and I don't want to mess this up. So I actually. Kept the mail-in about it. I still have it right now. I'm going to tear it up because you can get arrested if you vote remind twice. Me, remind me what number four was. I don't remember what four was. Four is uh, voter approval of constitutional amendments. So it's like it requires all proposed amendments or revisions to the state constitution yeah, to be approved by voters in two elections instead of yeah, one. Yeah, I voted no against that one. I voted no against This that. was I another know, one. I exactly why. I initially said I yes. Put that, I know I know why they put that on there. Though. Why? That's why I voted against it because of the um, Florida allowing um, felons getting their voter rights back. Mm -hmm. So they were like, "Oh, they felt that if people were were to vote on that again, that they would vote against it." And that's where the energy came from. So they were, we're going like, to make us vote again on that? No, they weren't going to let you vote again on that again. Oh, just as something felt, in the future if something else happens. Yeah, something like that happened again. That's where that's this is where that came from. Okay, so I voted yes initially because I was like, oh, it'd be cool to vote twice on something just to make sure we got the right thing. But then when I read more about it, I'm like, wait a minute, we're paying so much more money for an extra election. I was like, this doesn't make sense. So for me, it was more of a money thing. But yeah, it does make sense what you're saying too. And voter turnout. I didn't think voter turnout would be high the second time if you have two elections. So I that's said true. it wouldn't I, it wouldn't it wouldn't be. Yeah. So I said, no, I changed it to no. And that's another reason why I went in person, because three and four, I initially said yes. And then upon further review, I was just like, nah, I don't like it. Because they know they know the second time because there's other states that have the same law uh, for these things. And they know the second time voter turnout isn't as large, but they know which part will continue to turn out, mm -hmm. which is usually the old, the older demographic. So imagine if, you know, back two years ago when we allow felons to get their rights to vote back and you know republicans are really upset about that that passed here if they were able to send that back through for a second vote they know that their base the older um base would still go out and vote while the younger base may just sit back at home because we you know they tend not to vote anyways so 
that's where I, they lost me at. I knew what they were trying to do. Yeah, I didn't uh, didn't agree with that one. So I'm glad that didn't pass. Uh, number five, limitations on homestead property tax assessments, increased portability period to transfer accrued benefit. It's proposing an amendment to the state constitution effective January 1st, 2021 to increase from two years to three years, the period of time during which accrued Save Our Homes benefits may be transferred from prior homestead to a new homestead. I'm not going to lie to you. I did not really understand this one. I read <laughs> I a little yes bit. I said yes. I, I voted yes. I understood it because I had I had just gone through it when I bought this new house that I live in now. Mm-hmm. And, I, um, and I did not know about the portability from my old house. And somebody had to explain it to me, so I had to go back and go get my portability from my what old house. What is portability? So it, it's basically some of the... Uh, um, the homestead that you've already paid into from your old house. So like on my old house, I had, they said I had a $1,400 uh, portability that I could move from my old house to this new house that would help lower my taxes going forward. That's oh. all I understood it. That's all I understood it to be. And I was like, as long as you're saying that I got to pay less, let's do it. So if it's giving people a longer time to get that portability to help them out, to pay less on their mortgage or their taxes, why not give them more time to do it? Because people, honest, I didn't know about that. I didn't know portability was a thing when I moved. I was just like, okay, I don't know what that means. Mm-hmm. Until until I actually called the um, the homestead people. I called them um, when I was filing for my homestead for my new house, and the lady the lady brought it up to me. Actually, she was like, um, I see you didn't choose the portability option, and I honestly just told her I didn't know what that was, and she just explained to me that it. It helps bring down the, your uh, taxes a little bit. Okay. I didn't understand it. Um, I did get something in the mail that showed me what my taxes would be with or without this mm-hmm. amendment, and it was like a $20 mm-hmm. difference. So it didn't, for me, it didn't make b- that much of a big deal, but I mean, it sounded good for the portability thing. So I said, yes. I don't so know. did that one pass? That passed, yeah. Okay. Only yeah. four in mean- three and four were the only ones that went no. Okay. Um, number six was a constitutional amendment. Add the ad valorem tax discount for spouses of certain deceased veterans who had permanent combat related disabilities. To me, this was a no brainer. Again, I went yes because always talk about the troops and protecting them when they get back. So, that, I mean, that, to me, that includes protecting their spouses, you know, if something happens. To them. I, 100%. I voted yes on that one as well. So, we, we're pretty much online here with what we voted. For. Yeah. And then the last one was just a school board referendum, but that was a Brevard County thing for a half tax. I don't, you guys probably had something different on yours. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I didn't have that on mine. So, yeah, pretty much that was the uh, amendments. Um, and then everything else, um, I didn't really keep up with. I know more, Monique Worrell won as the state attorney. So yeah. that was, that was big. Yeah. Aaron Ayala was the state attorney before that. My mom had the Worrell sign and the Biden sign in her yard. Like she, <laughs> she was not playing <laughs> around. I was a little nervous because I'm like, yeah, I don't know what the energy's like in this neighborhood, but. Honestly, I don't think I saw any signs besides the one at my mom's house. Okay. Yeah. Everything everything seems to be pretty cool so far. Hopefully the country can, like you said, return to healing and everybody... oh, we're not gonna talk about we're not gonna talk about how you was you had that uh you were so right on that mail in ballots in uh Pennsylvania. Yeah, I mean we could talk about it. I just I said it in my head the night before and I think I said it in the group chat because you guys you and James pretty much called the election. I ain't like y'all, y'all, y'all gotta walk it back. Y'all called the election at like ten o'clock. I guess y'all were both about to go to bed, and y'all were like, "Yeah, uh, Trump won." 
I stayed up <laughs> to like 5 a.m. that night, so I'm just watching. Oh, yeah, I went to bed. I because when I when I went to bed, honestly, he was losing in Wisconsin. He was losing in Michigan. He was losing Pennsylvania. Yeah, Biden. I'm speaking about yep. Biden was losing all this. So I was, you know, I was like, you know what? I'm not gonna stress myself over this anymore. Let me just go to bed and. Put, oh, get my mind right that when I wake up that Trump is still going to be president and I'm just going to have to go on with my life. No, my night was just getting started. I got home from work at like 1130. So to me, I was like, yo, I can't wait to go home and watch election coverage because I get so excited about election night. Like me and Domain were talking about it. We're like, yo, this is like NFL draft coverage almost where you just are glued to your TV the whole day. So I got home. I had a beer. I started watching uh, Stephanopoulos because that was my favorite one to watch. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I, un- I understood about the mail-in ballots that they, those were going to come in, but I think Trump had like an 800,000 vote lead in Pennsylvania. He did. He had like, yeah, it was huge. I didn't think there would be that many mail-in ballots out there. When I went to, when I was up that night, they were like, oh, f- uh, Pennsylvania still has 15 or uh, 1.5 million mail-in ballots left. So I'm like, oh, okay, there's still a chance. And like all the people, and then you know what? What gave me the confidence was uh, they interviewed Governor Rendell, former Governor of Pennsylvania Rendell. They said he's always like right with his predictions, and he was like, "Yeah, this is gonna swing. Uh, Biden's probably gonna win by like three hundred thousand." I'll tell you this though: twenty twenty four, Pennsylvania, uh, Arizona, Georgia. They need to get their stuff together. They need to start counting these mail in ballots before election night, before yeah. seven p.m. That's crazy. I guess that the is rule insane. is they they can't they couldn't count them until they finished the regular ones. From what I heard, something yeah, like that. They need to change that because Florida and and Texas, we have way more people, so we started counting that stuff beforehand. They need to. You can't you can't be count waiting until seven p.m. on election night to start counting stuff. I'll tell you what, it was an amazing thing to watch. Just staying up that night and watching the whole thing and how it started this shift. When I I forgot what time it was. Well, you could see Michigan and Wisconsin starting to shift. I don't think yeah. they actually called let it till me, the next morning, but let me tell you, when I woke up and I put, turned on my phone and I saw that Wisconsin had flipped and Michigan was within three thousand votes of flipping to Biden, I was shocked. I was like, I was beside myself. It was. I was like, what? The funny thing and is, then, I didn't have confidence in Michigan and Wisconsin. I still thought Pennsylvania had a chance. Uh, Georgia, I was unsure about, but I was like, yo, Pennsylvania's. That was when I was focused on Michigan and Wisconsin. When I heard those, I was like, whoa. Well, Wisconsin was the first one to flip. So Yeah, I think when I went to bed, it hadn't flipped yet. And they weren't as confident with the mail-in, like the counts with that one. They weren't yeah. like as confident as they were with Pennsylvania. So I, I didn't know which way that was going. But I was just like yeah. more along the lines of, hey, let's count all the mail-in ballots first. Like everybody, there's a lot of mail-in this year just because of the campaign They've they've had with doing mail in ballots, so I knew like you know, it's probably not going to be decided today. And that's what is so confusing to me because Trump and a lot of his supporters, because I I heard them, I heard I can't remember what network was was interviewing some of Trump supporters who were like, oh, I went to bed and he, you know, Trump was up big, and I wake up and now his lead is gone. Where did they get all these um magical ballots from? And I'm like, were you guys not paying attention this whole time when they were talking mail-in ballots? And then Trump came out and said, how come all the mail-in ballots are for Biden? And I'm like, did you miss like the last five months of your campaign when you were telling your supporters not to do mail-in ballots? You were telling them that the mail was rigged? So why would your support – why would you think that you would have any ballots in the mail? Mm-hmm. I just – I was so confused. I'm like, I was perplexed on – the the reporting coming out of the White House that he didn't understand 
why there was no mail ballots for him after he spent an entire summer bashing the mail system to his voters. Nah, the funniest thing was the press conference he gave at like two thirty in the morning, where I just they were like where he's he about he to won? speak. Yeah, they were like the president's about to speak, and I'm like, oh, what's this gonna be? And he just came out firing. Both it was just the funniest thing. I'm just laughing the whole time because he's claiming he won all these states that you know like they're nowhere near being finished counting, and I'm just like, yeah. this is not gonna age well. <laughs> it was yeah, so then he, funny. Then he, then he came out and he was talking about how. It's like you're the president of the United States and you don't understand the laws of the stuff that's working. He's saying that they're they're still counting votes when they shouldn't be. Yeah. Like he, he thought he really thought election night was it, that they would stop counting on election night. That's what it really felt like. Yeah, and he, it's like that's never how that's ever happened. It was a dangerous rhetoric um he was spewing out and that's why the funny thing is I watched the press conference again, the one he did was it Friday or Thursday? I think it was Thursday. The one where he was he was a lot more mellow. On more mellow, but it was just funny because I was like, oh, this is going to be must-see TV. So I, I, I put it on, and he just starts saying all this wild stuff. And it's so – the stuff he was saying was so crazy that every network cut off the cut away, the, the cut thing. away from it. Like, first, NBC cut away because uh, Lester Holt came back. Like, oh, no, we got to correct some of this. He's, he's wild. <laughs> he's wilding too much right now. I got to correct some of this. I can't let this go. So I'm like, oh, I want to see the rest. I turned to ABC. They had cut away. I turned to Fox. They cut away. CBS, they all cut away. And it was just, I've yeah. never seen that where they all were like, all right, we're done. And to me, that yeah, was like know, signifies the end of his like term and his whole But you reign. know, that was, that, was actually, that was actually big news on Fox News, though. All the major networks cut away disrespect to the president. I took it as them being, they just were like, we can't let him keep saying all this, this false information. No, I, I took it that way too. I just, I always try to be attuned to what Fox News is sending to his base. But I went to the, the Fox is. channel and they cut away. <laughs> Not Fox News, <laughs> but I went to Fox and they cut away oh, too. Oh, Fox, yeah, yeah. But Fox News, no, they, um, they were saying that there was big news that all the ABC, NBC, they cut away disrespect to the president. That was the narrative that they were trying to push. Yeah, I wasn't mad at it. I, like I said, I think he was he was just wild. He was a little too wild with it. And for the good of the country, they were like, we can't let this go on. And you know what's so funny is that he keeps calling about election fraud. You know, in 2017, he didn't understand why he lost the popular vote and he said it was because of fraud and he started an investigation he put an investigating team together that was going in and looking for the um the election fraud to see why he lost the um the popular vote and they found four instances of voter fraud but they were all individual right there was no massive thing it was just this person voted twice this person voted twice this person voted twice and then he quietly dismantled that investigation and never gave us the findings because he, they never found anything of major voting fraud. And so now he's still trying to push that narrative when he knows that there isn't any because he had a team in 2017 look into it. Yeah. It's crazy. I'm just glad it's over. I'm glad we're not going to have to really deal with him anymore. I think he's going to go off quietly. I think once it's over and, and Biden's in the White House, He's kind of do the Obama thing where, you know, he's, he's doing his, like, we're not going to hear a lot. I no, think, I don't think so. I think he's no, going to go. Because no. I don't mm. think he wants this, man. I really don't. I think he wants to go no. back to the life he was living. No, even in the life he was living before the election, he used to be, he used to be tweeting and bashing Obama. I think he's going to go. tweet. I think he's. 
he's still going to go Fury 7 on everybody on January 21st. I think he's still going to be him. And I wouldn't be surprised if he made like monthly appearances on Hannity and Tucker. I don't um, know, man. I just think he's done with politics. Because he, he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't want to come off as a loser. You know that's big on him, right? Yeah, you I know, know but I really don't think he wants to do this anymore either. I think he's I don't yeah. think he's like but, Howard Stern even said in the first one, I was like he didn't expect to win. So when he won, he was yeah. like, you know, he didn't know what this all entailed. And Howard was like, I don't think he's gonna last four years because it's just gonna be too much. And he did last. I give it to him on that, but I just don't think he wants to continue. But I also don't think he expected to lose. I think he saw his rallies with all those people out there. I think he he really felt there was no way he was going to lose. Because if you look at Joe Biden's rallies, they were really small. And if you look at Trump's, they were huge. But there was a reason for that. Biden's own was being, yeah, they were being more um, careful with the COVID. So they were asking for less people. They were asking for a social distance and Trump's wasn't. And Trump was pushing the narrative. Look at my crowd. And I think in his head, there was no way he was going to lose because he saw how much support he was having in these, um, in these rallies. And I, I do think him losing, he's at least for the first year, we're going to hear a lot from him. You know what the Trump thing reminds me of? Hear me on this. It reminds me of, I don't know the year. Was it 2004? When the Lakers played the Pistons in the finals and we yeah. thought the Lakers the were going to win, they had the all-star team and yeah. the Pistons beat them. Gary Payton. Yeah, yeah, Malone and all that, Kobe, Shaq. Yeah. But when the Pistons yeah. beat them, it pretty much ended the Lakers dynasty. It ended that run. And to yeah, me, this is, this is what this Biden election is doing. It's ending that little, not like a, he didn't have a dynasty because it was four years, but just the control Trump had over the country. It just feels like we've beaten the, the wicked witch of the West. Like it just, everything just feels like it's back to normal to me as far as emotionally. Um, yeah. I know we still have racist people out there, but to yeah. me, they, the voice, their voice has gotten a lot lower. They're not going to be I, I, able I, to, to spew it as much. I, I agree. Cause they don't, they won't have that. Uh, and we don't have, have Trump fire starting everything or igniting everything now. Yeah, yeah, because he won't he won't have that platform. He won't be able to come out and cut the news channels to him, and yeah. so he could uh, say his stuff anymore. So yeah, I agree. To me, it just feels like an end of an era. It feels like it's his power's gone. It's going to be interesting to see what he does in this next couple months, two or three months in in the White House, how he handles mm-hmm. things. Uh, it's probably not going to be a smooth transition, but it's not. And I don't think you know how. I don't think it's going to be all hunky dory. Like you remember when Obama took office? And yeah, that's the relationship. Oh, you, that's gonna be you, interesting. You see, you see, do you see the relationship between like the Obamas and the Bushes? They're, they're it's very it's very friendly. You know? Yeah, but Bush was hated for a while. Bush became cooler later on, so Trump could still yeah, get no, back there. I think. No, I don't. I don't think so because Bush didn't personally attack people the way Trump did. Like, yeah, but we called at, him racist. We did the same stuff with him. No, I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm not talking about us. I'm talking about Bush. Bush didn't go after his political rivals in the same way Trump did. Trump really made it personal. I mean, uh, you know, Kamala made it personal with lo- Biden, though, and there she's on the ticket. He was talking about sending Obama and Clinton to jail. Yeah, he was. He was asking why the DOJ hadn't prosecuted them on criminal charges. You know, I mean, those are things that. No former president has called for the 
arrest of the president before him. You know, maybe Nixon, who actually did criminal stuff, <laughs> you know, he got impeached and kicked out. But usually that's not the case. I, I, I do think there is a personal you saw you saw how Obama was during his speeches, how he was attacking Trump. I dare you to find other former presidents talking in that same manner against other presidents. I, I, I felt it was a little bit more personal with Trump because he made it personal. Yeah, well, maybe he just he's probably just going to lay low after this. I mean, he probably won't have much interaction with these other former presidents. I just think he goes back I mean, to Mar-a-Lago and plays golf. <laughs> Did you hear he was he was playing golf um, yesterday right before all the networks? Yeah, I saw the picture that, uh, of him. But, uh, it's over, man. He's done. He's, he doesn't care. I, I, I don't think he cares. I think he's I think he's his pride is hurt. But I think he's going to get over that pretty soon and just be like, I'm glad I'm back to myself. I get to go back to staying at my place all the time and not having to live in the White House and all that. And, uh, what do you think is, What do you think his, uh, rea- the atmosphere around him is going to be once he's out of the White House? Because, you know, before, before he became president, he was Trump, you know, and he was, he was this billionaire and he had the hotels and people were staying there. And if people saw him, a lot of people would be like trying to take photos with him. Now, what do you think that energy is going to be like when he goes back to Trump Tower in New York? He still has his that, base, though, so I don't think he's going to hurt too much business-wise. What, what about it? But what about it in New York? Like when people see him in New York, like he—they used to ask for photos. Do you think they're going to still ask for nah, photos? but I don't think he's. I think he's going to spend more time in Florida than New York. I think Florida's where he really loves to be, and I heard he has a place in Jersey too. Like I don't, I don't think he's going to be in New Jersey. York at the Trump Tower as much. I think Mar-a-Lago is wow. his base. I don't think I don't think Jersey's gonna be too welcoming either. Yeah, I don't know. Jersey can go either way. I've been to Jersey many times. It can go either <laughs> way, but I think Mar-a-Lago is gonna be where he resides for the most part. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't really have much else to say. Is there anything else you want to say? Um, I gotta head no, to I'm work just, in a little bit. I'm just happy that it's like the this is over. You know, like all the speculation, waiting for all these ballots to come in and. And all that. I see that Georgia is almost up to 10,000. So that's going to make the, the recount even less likely to turn around. So, Yeah, I mean, what do you think about, uh, I guess we can end on this. What do you think about it playing out in the courts? Like, Do you think it's going to be a long play out before they actually say you really lost? Or do you think that the courts are going to make quick decisions? Uh, depends on what you think is a long time. The electorals have to make their votes by December 14th, I believe the date is. So... We have until that time. Okay. Um, I meant like by the so, time the inauguration was to be battling out in court. Oh, yeah. It, you know, no, it'll be over by the inauguration. It has to be over by then. It has to be over be, really before December 14th um, because I think legally, constitutionally, they have to have the electorals actually put their vote in by that time. Oh, okay. uh, so, so we have, what is today? Let's call it a month, four weeks. So we'll see. And, and the thing is, is that, Trump's lead, I mean, uh, Biden's lead is so big in these other areas that there's not going to be enough voter fraud to turn over thousands of ballots. They're not going to find that, right? And the crazy like, thing what, is what hap- you can't recount that stuff. Like, it's, well, not re- you can recount it, but the stuff Trump is complaining about, and I saw this on the news where he's like, well, this ballot didn't belong to this person. Once the ballots are open and processed, they don't know who, who they come from. Yeah, so all they the ones can't, that have already counted have to be recounted anyway. Yeah, they but they can't, can't trace it back them. to a person. Like when Trump is, they're making claims like, 
oh, this person voted twice or whatever. Once that this the mail-in ones are open and they remove it from the envelope that has your signature on, they don't know which ballot is which. You know, they don't know it yeah. came from this person. So they're saying Dude, that's why he that, that's why he was trying to stop it early because he knows once it's already been open and cast, there's nothing. That's why he was saying stop the count on the fourth because he knows once if they continue to process, there's no way back. Yeah, so, so there's really no way that part is going to be solved. Like he's not winning that one. There's just no way. Yeah, I think him and his base is holding on to what happened in 2000 with Bush, but Bush won by 500 votes in Florida. That was really tight. There's no, there's no, Georgia is almost 10,000. Pennsylvania is almost 30,000. It, it it's just not going to be enough if there's one or two or a couple of hundred to overturn it. So it's pretty much over. It is over, in my opinion. No, it's over. Um, the fact that everybody's called it, Fox called it super early. Everybody else is waiting. <laughs> and now everybody <laughs> else has called it. So once you call it, yeah. like, I don't even want to think about what would happen if they reverse things. Like that, that would be the civil war. That, that's when everybody's yeah. going to war. <laughs> so for the oh, sake of the yeah, country, that's... please let it be over. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I just can't, I mean, he would have to win so many legal battles in so many different States because he's going to lose Georgia. Like I said, he lost Pennsylvania, Nevada, and Arizona. He's going to have to win like five States and that's just not going to happen. Nope. 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 Well, Mark, I thank you for uh, joining me. I'm going to go to work while you get to have a day off and watch football. Yes, I do. I'm <laughs> watching about to turn on this uh, Sunday countdown. So. Real quick, though, who's the Thursday night game this week? I know you were saying that we should get together and watch the Thursday night one week. So Let me know uh, this, who's playing yeah, this, this week. Yeah, this coming Thursday? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll let you know see who's playing. Hopefully it's better than it was last week. Okay, yeah. We'll, we'll discuss that one later on. But, uh, yeah, man, thank you for coming on talking politics with me. Always a pleasure. I always like to hear your insight on things. I think we agreed a lot more on this one than we did on the last one. So. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this on the on the ending note. With the way things have gone and with Biden winning, I am more proud to be an American right now. And I've seen that, yeah. that said more after this election. I've seen a lot of people saying, I'm proud to be an American right now. And I think that's a sentiment yeah. everybody agrees on. Yeah, and that's what I said. And I said I also said that I I see a brighter future. And you were saying you were having a hard time seeing it. How how do you see the future now? I mean, it's brighter because we don't have that hateful rhetoric, but we still need to be treated equal. We still need police to stop killing unarmed black people. We still need to get these racists to not be racist. So yeah, I don't know. But, I'm I see a brighter future for the country in the direction of leadership, but yeah. the way the country acts. I still am on the fence. But I am more proud at this point to be American. I'm more proud just go. because I feel like we have actual people, a president who's going to be presidential, who's not going to spew hate, somebody who's going to give everybody hope and just carry himself the way you should as a president. So that part makes me proud to be American, but I still need America to do better as a whole. All right. I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad to hear it. Coming around. Coming around. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I still don't have a, <laughs> hey, I still don't have an American flag in front of my house, but, you know, I'm getting there. But, yeah, man, thank you for coming on. We'll talk again at some point, and uh, hopefully I get James in here at some point, too. We can have us all three in studio. I know yeah, we were talking about that. So, yeah, man, enjoy your day watching football. Hopefully the Steelers beat the Cowboys. I'll be at work grinding it out. All right. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk later about that Thursday night game. All right, man. You have a good one. All right, you too. Peace. That was my conversation with Mark. 
And since things are looking on the up and up in this country, I think I'm going to end this episode with a little Leon Bridges. This song is called Sweeter. This is Keeping It Real with Jared Lawrence. I'll see you guys next week. Hoping for a life more sweeter. Instead, I'm just a story repeating. Why do I feel skin dark as night? Can't feel peace with those judging eyes. I thought we moved on from the darker days. Did the words of the king disappear in the air like a butterfly? Somebody said hand you a felony Cause you stole from me My chance to be Hoping for a life more sweeter Instead I'm just a story for a life more sweet.